0: As-salamu alaikum, Terrence.
1: Like, my How you doing, brother?
0: Good. How are you?
1: Doing fantastic. Just enjoying uh, my fast.
0: Yeah. So you know, since last time, I guess uh, the holy month of Ramadan has started, right? Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> how are you liking fasting, man? <laughs> I've never looked at a banana
1: so lusciously in my life. Man, <laughs> <laughs> I walk by the kitchen. The bananas be calling, when oh, me, <laughs> man. But I would say the first couple of days were the hardest, you know, because I started early on Wednesday just to make sure that I I could, I, I knew what I was getting myself into. Mm-hmm. And um, I think though the most amazing part of it for me is how clear my mind has become. Where you realize that you can have thoughts and you can just observe the thoughts, where in my mind, after like six hours of not eating, historically I would say, hey, I'm starving. Mm-hmm. I'm starving. But there's a part where you can just be hungry and just be hungry. And, and just...
0: you and you know what the difference is? The difference is the intention. Where before we feel free that we say, you know, I'm hungry. I have the power to go eat something, so I'm gonna go eat something, right? Yeah. But in Ramadan, it's different because we're stopping ourselves from eating as well as other things that we'll talk about um, in another episode, right? But um, now it's completely different because we're intentionally letting ourselves feel that way for the sake of God, right?
1: Absolutely. And what it it really showed me is I have a, you can fight your brain and you can fight your body. Mm -hmm. Your brain is saying you have to eat, your body is saying feed me. Mm But you're fine. You're not going to die from not eating for 14 hours. <laughs> but, you know, the greatest thing to me is like once it, it's time to break my fast, it's, I never, well, so far, at least, I'm not screaming for food at 8.04, or 8.05. I, I usually don't really eat till like 8.20 or 8.25, or 8.26, because it's like whatever I'm doing at that moment where maybe I'm working with a client or I'm going over some business stuff, I'm gonna finish that first and then I'll, I'll you know, I'll eat a day, and drink some water. But it's not like this emergency to eat.
0: Yeah, and I, I think it's also really interesting and it says a lot that any other time of the year we feel so free to just eat when we're hungry. But then I know you and I have the same experience where we fast, let's say 14, 16 hours and then it comes time for prayer. And, you know, we may break our fast with the date. We may just go straight to prayer. But then afterwards, it's kind of like there's there's no rush to eat anymore. Even though I felt hungry all day, there's kind of no no rush to eat.
1: Absolutely. And like when we happened yesterday, um, we were chilling. Yeah. You'd know be in front of you and you could just relax and What it also told me is the importance of not connecting yourself to dependent things that are not helping you. Mm -hmm. But like, what if you were obsessed with baby? What if you had a coffee addiction? This month really shows, and it's almost like a testament to how connected you are to things that aren't helping you. Mm -hmm. You have an addiction to anything, by definition addiction isn't helping you Mm -hmm. during this month of ramadan it's showing you whatever addiction you have break it get rid of it because Mm -hmm. it's actually making you weaker it's it's really showing how dependent you are on variables that are not on the good side of what's good for you
0: absolutely and and uh, we're going to talk more about this in another episode, but I think it's a really good introduction. Um, and one thing I wanted to say is, um, you know, psycho- behavioral psychologists will disagree on the number, but they all agree about a range between 28 and 40 days is what it takes to make a habit. Mm-hmm. I heard most of my life that it was 28 in Islam. We're told it's about 40 days and some people go between, you know, mostly 30, but if we look at the holy months before Ramadan, we you know, the two months right before Ramadan, we're told start getting ready, do those things, right? Start practicing it. So, I mean, Ramadan is about 30 days, give or take, you know, but when you look at it, it's, it's not only helping us see those things, but actually helping us build the habits to get away from addiction, not just recognize them. Um, I think that's really important. And, um, wanted to talk about it for a little bit, because now that we are in the month of Ramadan, you know, we are going to be talking about a little bit more. But this specific episode is actually a, a, about something that you and I came across. Terrence. <laughs> actually, Terrence brought this up with me. I had no idea. He's like, hey, you want to go to a conference? I was like, sure. And then I looked at the date and I was like, it's literally I'm literally going to be in the same city visiting a friend who's getting married. right?" The same weekend as this conference. And the thing that interests us about this conference was what, Terrence? <laughs> Their matrimony service.
1: I've just I've never seen anything like it before. And um, I just <laughs> want to know is like, is this how it goes down? <laughs> how, I it's not, I just wanted to see it in practice because I've been a moderator on several different Muslim relationship panels. Right. And it was always a struggle to get the brothers and sisters to actually talk about each other other than what they did for a living um essentially be real their financial status and their family lineage but when it's, it's the meeting potatoes of their values and principles what they would expect from a wife or what somebody would expect from a husband you would receive crickets crickets and i like as a moderator i'm like man this is where you make your this is where you make your bones right where you make yourself vulnerable but also make yourself interesting by saying hey i like this i like this i'm passionate about that so then someone else can can latch on that and say oh wow you're really passionate about the environment or you really like uh the indiana jones series now we have a conversation that could possibly lead somewhere but I agree. Um, you're gonna to go to the to the service that they're providing just to see how that how my theory kind of flies into what they're doing.
0: <laughs> so, uh, oh, I'm sharing the correct screen, right?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, that's it, brother. Awesome.
0: So uh, obviously, we don't want to just you know be dropping names and be talking bad about people. <laughs> So we blocked out some of the information. Um, You know, if you're familiar with this document and you know exactly what's going on, cool, keep it to yourself. But, you know, um, we blacked out a lot of the information so people won't tie it specifically back to the event. Um, We do hope that um, this event that is going on will help people, but we're just being a little bit critical of if we could do things better. Um, So one thing that we wanted to talk about, right, is that... Let's look at this registration fee. Everyone pays $75, okay? But what does that $75 get you? And one thing we noticed is when it comes to the men's candidate introduction, right? Basically, there's going to be a session and there's going to be a stage and a large room and all the men will gather. And not only will all the men gather all the women will gather as well. But if you notice, right, the women have to have a legal guardian, right? Their wali, the one who is supposed to be um, usually like their father figure, right? Who uh, gives permission for them to marry. But let's, we're going to set that aside for now. Let's just look at the men's candidate, right? They will all be called to the podium and introduce themselves in a one-minute time slot. I'm sorry, that's that's
1: I've never heard of something like that before. It's just that's like Jeopardy. <laughs> Jeopardy. And
0: not only that, they will be given specific instructions that uh, to tell them how to introduce themselves and only in women in only a minute. And if you notice, the men are required to introduce themselves, but the women's are not required. The women are not required. Why, why does that? Why does? I, I'm just trying to understand how that makes sense.
1: I guess. I, I'm shooting in the dark right here, but I guess so. If she doesn't feel comfortable being in front of everyone, she doesn't have to. Um. I just this this entire this entire format is so different to me like i can't i can't allow i'm an extroverted person in these situations so i have no problem being in front of people however there's so many brothers out there that might not be as comfortable explaining why they should you know essentially selling themselves on why they're a good marriage candidate in front of who knows how many people based off a criteria that who knows insane words that they didn't even come up with this is
0: Right. And, and what, what I'm trying to understand here is what is the issue with the woman going up and talking about themselves in public? I mean, this is, this is an event where people are wanting to get married. Why are we having a double standard where the men follow a specific script? And if you notice in the next bullet, women should remain seated with their guardian at the table, right? And just make a note of potential candidates they're interested in. So, if you're a man, you have to go up and stand there and talk about yourself, and we're gonna we're gonna limit it to one minute, which we'll talk about later. We have the other document; we'll pull up. Um, but the women don't have to introduce themselves. I mean, you know, as as a as as a guy, why why am I going to spend seventy five dollars to follow a script, go up there, and have no guarantee that I will even talk to a woman, right?
1: It's- I think, and I I agree. And I think the other thing is that it's not based off anything that I can see that might actually tie into what I'm interested in. So let's say I I go in there and talk and then maybe one or two sisters are interested in me. Like, I'm not just going to be interested in them. I have to, like, when do we have a conversation? Like, what are your, like, what what are your thoughts on child rearing? What, are your, what kind of life do you want to live? How important is it to be a stay-at-home mother or to be a career mother? What do you consider good money? Where do you want to live? Because this is people from all over the country are going to be here. So, like, somebody can be interested in you and they're living in Florida, you're in Michigan, the other person's in Wyoming. It's just, it's such a strange process for the 21st century. Where we could literally just have, I mean, you could send a survey out on SurveyMonkey about, you know, in you know, where you can kind of tie in people's connections so we could see like who we actually connect with, who who's interested. I mean, we all have Facebook and Instagram, but I just, it's such a strange process to me, and it doesn't. And I, at least me personally, it doesn't attract me to wanting to take part in it at all, even though, especially during Ramadan, it's hit home that getting married is the most important thing going forward, other than my relationship with Allah.
0: Right. I mean, you know, we, we have hadith that uh, the greatest institution in, in Islam is marriage. Yeah. Um and you know it's 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 just i mean you know what Terrence, do dating apps work for most part most of the stuff that's on the market do they work
1: it works for the top 5 to 10% of people
0: okay let's look at this it, this is this is not even speed dating this is literally women stepping back and swip, swiping left or right it's the same thing
1: oh it's like a it's a match or tender in live action
0: Right, and, and, and another thing that I wanted to go through is I would understand, I could kind of understand this, kind of, except when we get to the rules of engagement. No male is authorized to make any attempt to contact the woman in the session. <laughs> so we already have, wait, wait, wait. We already have here a requirement which, is very interesting that the woman has to be accompanied by her guardian. Well, we do know there are cases when women don't need a guardian. If they have already had children, they've already been married or divorced, right? Or, you know, their guardian is dead. I mean, there are certain things where that that guardianship may default to somebody else like a scholar, right? But now we're kind of making it harder. We're, we're, We're so scared of letting just people talk, just talk. That we're making it harder for our, for our brothers and sisters to get married. So if you're already requiring her to have a guardian there, what is, what is haram about a male applicant talking to a female applicant with her guardian there? That's, that, that's literally <coughs> excuse me, how it goes down. If they were to talk later and he'd come over to the house, that's ex- thats the same situation, is it not? I've never seen
1: anything like this. I don't. I can't imagine how it actually operates. Like I just—it's so foreign from anything that I've ever taken part in, seen. Like I just don't know. I—I I, I can say is I'm good. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it, but. Maybe in practice, it looks much different. Maybe in practice, if a sister's by herself, nobody's going to bother her and tell her that she has to have a chaperone or all this. It just, when I read the document, it just, it's taught this to me, it's a fearful document. So, you know, when I went to law school, there's laws that are created proactively and then reactionary. Um, in general, reactionary laws are problematic because. They're they're to stops. They're a reaction to certain things or certain contexts and certain fears, but then they create other issues because they're not wide encompassing and they don't think about all the other consequences of this law. Right. Proactive laws are usually a lot more thought out, cared about, and they're you know they're a lot more a lot more effort went into it and a lot more thought went into it. So. I just don't know, in my opinion, is this the best way to help brothers and sisters find compatible candidates for themselves?
0: Right, and, and, and I'd like to say something else. You know, if we go to step two from the family meeting, you know, the men don't get to decide who they contact, right? The woman will submit their notes, right? And then there's a session moderator that the notes will get handed to. And then they'll be sorted out by volunteers and give back to the men candidates. And then they'll get to decide if they want to meet the interested woman in presence of their guardian. But they still only get one to three minutes to talk.
1: I can't imagine being interested in a sister for for like the purpose of marriage after a one or three minute introduction in front of a bunch of other people.
0: Not only that. I just, I just, but I've lost that. I'm, I'm sorry. I just, I mean, let's say you're a stud. <laughs> let's say you're any, like somewhat attractive or you have a good job, right? A good career or even somewhat interesting. Like this doesn't help narrow down anything. This makes me, maybe you'll get a hundred interested women. How in the world is that helpful?
1: Well, and that's what I'm saying. So it goes back to the Matthews principle of business and relationships where 20% of the people will end up being attracted to 80% of the people. And if you really dial it down, it's really like 5% with 95% going after that 5%. So you walk in front of people and say, hey, I got a law degree, I'm a lawyer, I'm a doctor. I'm somewhere around 6'1 to 6'4, and I'm charismatic, and I can drop some jokes. But I always go to this, is that a husband? Is it somebody that did divorce law in Dearborn? I did divorce law in Dearborn. Mm-hmm. Most of the time when I when somebody showed me who they were marrying, or who they married, or even going back when I used to work at Child Protective Service, I would always say, is this a wife and is this a husband? Or is this just an idea that looks like something off of a Disney movie? Yeah. Because I'm I've ne- somebody that's together with their wife or husband for 15, 20 years. Let's say this person makes 20 times what the national average person makes. Or this 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 sister is 20 times more pretty objectively than the other sisters around you Mm -hmm. but your relationship is filled with infighting backstabbing arguments are constantly arguing how much time she's spending with her family she's constantly arguing how much money you're spending on your family all these other variables Mm -hmm. what kind of relationship do you have Mm-hmm. But almost sometimes I think a lot of people Want big houses in the suburbs Because they can get away from their significant
0: other <laughs> That's why they get the big houses So they can go over here and they can go over here and- Yeah, they go to opposite sides of the house even And they just go, I want my 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 personal time On this side of the house And the other person says, I want to have my personal time On that side of the house And I'm mad at you and then we don't talk <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, like, you know, this the, the Western ideal Right. We see it so many times as jokes and commercials and movies of, you know, if we want to talk about, you know, bachelor parties or stuff like that, like, oh, this is the last night that people want to have fun before they get what? Imprisoned. Excuse me? Why are you talking about the person you're choosing to get married to? Like, it's literally your choice. You want to be with them. You hopefully find them attractive. You're tying yourself to them and you're pretending like it's a prison. And then after you're married, you're joking. Or sometimes you're even serious about, you know, not wanting to spend time with them. I mean, what what vision of marriage uh, do, do people have that they think that this is, okay and that this is normal. I mean, to to be honest, you know, I always thought that I was a hopeless romantic, but I came to realize I was actually a realistic romantic, not hopeless at all. That a lot of the stuff that I want, we have examples. We have the prophet as an example. And yes, the prophet is a, a much more perfect person than we are. People from his family are examples. Not only that, I know people alive today that are examples. This is something that's realistic, but if you go back to the roots of why it's realistic, right, it's because they went through it the right way.
1: (laughs) It's kind of like this. And, you know, since I'm a consultant, especially when I'm dealing with people that are, you know, the life goal is to get married. But it's almost like a lot of people spend more time getting a piece of paper degree than really evaluating who they want to spend the rest of their life with. Right. And that's problematic. Like, think about the conference. There's going to be hours and hours at whatever conference we're talking about. Hours. There's going to be lectures. There's going to be all this stuff. And what I always notice is there's a, a big emphasis on application, on, on analysis on analysis, on uh, talking, reading, hearing, but that application, actually applying to these principles in your life is what I often find the lacking. Like, what is more important? I mean, seriously, what is more important? Hearing four hours of information or Spending four minutes in front of the person that you think might be your potential wife or husband. In, in business, it's called major, major time and minor time. Minor time, looking up leads. Minor time, driving to the house. Minor time, doing research about the client. Major time, being in the presence of the client. hmm and what, what I see is a whole bunch of minor time that's being spent. But the major time, which is actually figuring out how we're going to connect with this person, who we should be connecting to them, why we should be connected to that person, actually evaluating that person. Mm-hmm. We're spending a uh, minor time on that and major time
0: on... So... So this is this is really important because what before we get to this part of this document, um, I was actually looking up an ayah of the Quran because I was trying to find it again, and I found it. And it's from the 30th uh, surah, Surat ar or the Romans, and it's ayah number 21. And for the sake of uh, saving people uh, having to hear me practice my Arabic out loud, I'm going to skip that right now, but y'all know what it is. Uh, Surah thirty, ayah twenty one. I'm going to read the English translation. It says, uh, "And of his signs is that he created for you from yourselves mates, that you may find tranquility in them, and he placed between you affection and mercy." And the last part I think is very important because we see this motif multiple places in the Quran. Allah tells us, "Indeed, in that are signs for a people who give thought." right we're told multiple times we're asked questions in the quran or we're noted we're told hey think about this there are signs in finding tranquility in our spouses and allah puts love and mercy between us that's a sign what is that a sign of let's think about it let's talk about it i mean if we're talking about love and mercy Is love and mercy dependent on lineage? (laughs) Like, or status and wealth? I mean, I'm going to be honest. You know, I think it is important to see somebody's family, especially their parents, because it gives you an idea of how they're raised. But you can't deny somebody just because they have a bad family. Right? you are marrying into a family that is correct and we do want things to be easier for us but at the end of the day when you find somebody who fills that that feeling of tranquility and support and they have their religion which we see as number four on here um you know i i I, w- I would care less and less about how their brother or sister acts or their mother or dad feels of course it's a little stressful but you're not you're marrying into the family but you're really marrying that person and i think that it's something that people push too hard like for instance what do, what do we tell converts what do we tell people who left their entire life and go my parents disown me my family disown me my siblings disown me they don't care they come into the muslim community and the first thing they're told is but your parents are disbelievers or your parents are, we think your parents are bad people or whatever else. It's like, what? Well, is it really that important? What's more important? The person that you're looking at to marry. What's their character? What's their religion? How did they act? Okay, you know, let's look at their parents and their family. How did they react in that situation? That's more important than who their parents are. Would you agree? Yeah. I'm like, even
1: I'm not terribly impressed by somebody that was born you're just born Muslim, I don't care. I want to know do you what does that actually mean to you? What does that mean to your actions? Right. right, different than somebody born into wealth.
0: Right, because you know there are people born into wealth that are spoiled. Their parents are the like most kind-hearted, gentle people ever and unfortunately their children are spoiled and they're the opposite of their parents right? right so if we're looking at status and wealth here and lineage man they've got status wealth and lineage they're probably even beautiful too right <laughs> they've got the first three but how much does that matter or if somebody comes from a poor background and maybe their parents are not good with money or maybe they have a short temper and they're bitter about life but their children are beautiful angels and blessings for their parents Right. Do we now say this beautiful person who may not have the best family roots, right, may not have the status and wealth, but they've definitely hit number four and you're at least somewhat attracted to them in beauty? I mean, come on. I think, I think that, I think that people focus so much on their goals in life that they are willing to reject beautiful, as in like the holistic nature of it, not their physical beauty, like perfect holistic matches for them. And they deny them and they don't look at them again because they say, but I have goals and I want them to make money so I can achieve my goals. And I know people are going to have different thoughts and opinions on this. Ultimately, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying you know, I want somebody who makes a certain amount of money. You have that right. You have the right to say, I'm not attracted to them um, physically. So I want somebody else. You have that right. But when you focus on it so much, it's almost an arbitrary thing. Like, why is that important? Why does that ultimately make sense? Are you willing to give up a really good spouse because you're making that decision thinking that's what's best for you, but maybe it's not.
1: I believe that most more people should go to a divorce court proceeding and just watch just watch it. And you can see families that look beautiful on paper that are being torn apart before your eyes, and you can really and if you want, if you watch them watch them walk outside to their cars, whether it's a Toyota Camry or a Mercedes or a Bentley. The judgment will be the same. And the judgment at the end of the day is this family unit is being torn apart. And when we are, when the communities in America, doesn't matter whether it's Muslim or American, straight up, is has a divorce rate teetering and sometimes exceeding 50%. Mm-hmm. We're not even, those are just divorces. We're not talking about people that are married and unhappy. That's a that's a whole nother dark figure that's not even counted.
0: Right. It's like,
1: what do we really want? It's kind of like, at first, I thought Ramadan was about survival. And I was like, man, I just got to survive this. And then I realized that it actually was expansion. It was me expanding my mind, expanding what I thought possibilities are. And many times in relationships, we have a survival mindset, where we're just trying to figure out how to get out of this. Oh, if things go sideways, I got to have this degree. If things go sideways, I got to do this we we're, we're not thinking about how to make things happen how to provide value to that person and that person can provide value to me and together we're caring about each other and wanting the best for the best part of each other mm-hmm. and i feel like the farther we get away from that the farther we get away from our islamic tenets and the farther we get away from a happy, sustainable marriage. That's mm-hmm. just what I've seen. Uh,
0: Absolutely, and and I I personally think you know a lot of these precautions that I think that maybe this this specific event may be going overboard, but we've seen other people in our community trying to be cautious, and the 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 idea behind it is to pick somebody based on you know, their character and their religion before you fall in love so that it's easier to make that decision. And I think that that's powerful as long as you do actually figure out their character and their religion, and they are truthful and vulnerable with it and open about it. And if both sides are, then then we have something that makes sense here. Um, Because, uh, you know, to be honest, your character and your religion go hand in hand because our religion teaches us character. And our character is how we deal with conflict and challenges and how we view life. It's, are we we self-serving or do we want to serve our spouse? Because in Islam, you should not be saying, my spouse needs to do this for me. You should be saying, I want to do this for my spouse. And when both people do that, you can build bonds that are near and break unbreakable.
1: And we can talk about, you know, while you're bringing that up, we can kind of talk about what they say are the four, you know, guidelines we should be looking at from an Islamic criteria standpoint. And then we so, can...
0: so actually we've been talking about that for a little bit now.
1: <laughs> well, they put it in order in a very funny order.
0: Um, I see what they were doing. They were putting Dean last so that they could then write where religious piety should be most favored. But it's it's like it like it doesn't, it could have been d- different, but I get what they're getting at. They're saying it's the most important, but they put it last.
1: Well, notice how everything else that's most important they put in red.
0: Everything oh, you're right.
1: In red.
0: This mm-hmm.
1: also is the most important, but they left it in black. There are no coincidences.
0: Yeah. Look, like I said, character is what keeps your your your. Um, I, I think that character is what keeps your relationship alive and going, and I think religion is what keeps it on the right track. And if you ignore either of those, it doesn't matter what else you hit on here; it's going to fall apart, and it's going to be horrible. Or you're going to spend your life ignoring it.
1: So we can read it: lineage slash family roots first. You mm-hmm. second. Status and wealth, third. Dean and religious piety, fourth. I think it's probably the first two. First one, you can't really do anything about. Uh, The second one, you can do something about to an extent.
0: Right, that's just like self-care or self-grooming. Like, you know, you have that beauty already. It's whether you just take care of your beard or you, you make your hijab a little tighter or, you know...
1: Status and wealth. This is the this to me that also goes into family roots because it's it's so hard to make a lot of money in your early to late 20s and early 30s unless your family have money. Unless your family has money or you've been living with your parents and haven't had to really be independent at all.
0: Not, not, Not only that, not only that, but who controls wealth? Who who gives us wealth? Allah gives us wealth. We work for it. And a law gives it to us, right? And he can take it away.
1: He takes away always. It's it's so hard for somebody to stay in the top five or top one percent for ten or twenty years.
0: I mean, not only that. Think about status. Think about status. L- like, let's say, let's say you marry somebody. We know somebody in the community, right, Terrence, who's a public speaker and has been for a very long time, right? And we've had conversations with this individual <laughs> about the the literal challenges, right? I mean, that person has status, and we also know they definitely have wealth. And let's say uh, somebody chose them. How quickly could he lose his status and wealth Terrence when he's on camera? How quickly?
1: It takes 20 years to build a reputation, it takes one minute to lose it.
0: One minute, one comment, right? And, and you know, it, it could literally be their fault or it could be a, a mistake that doesn't reflect their true personality and true feelings. But when people go after them, they will go after them because you don't get status and wealth without at least making one enemy here and there. You, you just don't.
1: It's well, that's the thing. Yeah, if you don't have any enemies, then you didn't do much.
0: <laughs> that's so, true. That's the that's way it works. But. So, so, I mean, like we have to st- really start looking at these and going, how important are they? And I think that. This event is trying to do the best that it can. Um, and I think it could do better. And that was really the the point of, of talking about it. Um,
1: exactly. And it's just, I, I, I definitely feel the intentions are there. I definitely feel the intentions are there. We just, we have to trust people to be able to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. We have to trust people that their judgment matters. And that. We're all religious. We're we're trying. We're doing the best we can. Mm -hmm. Allah that everyone will not be led astray. That if if people are righteously looking for relationships, truly looking for good people, then they should be able to find each other if you put them in front of each other and allow them to to communicate. But you To allow people to communicate with each other. Because if not, what happens? It starts looking very superficial. It starts looking a whole lot with how this person looks, how this person talks, what kind of status this person has. However, but that is not a person, that is not a relationship, and that is not a marriage.
0: I absolutely agree. And one, one closing thing I'd like to say, Um, is what the way that I'm viewing this situation is they are trying to do damage control in society. Like they feel like there's so much room for error and they're expecting people to go just completely off the deep end that we have to put all these safeguards in place to the point where it makes it harder for people to get married because we do not trust and we do not see the evidence of right? The families raising their kids the right way to be responsible. So we are now treating adults who want to get married as if they are 13-year-old children.
1: That's what it looked like. I, I saw more rules here than when I was in prom in high school. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: like,
1: <laughs> like, man, really think we're really crazy. So, but... Hey,
0: we'll figure it out. <laughs> in, 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 inshallah, I hope that the people who attend this event get something good out of it. I know that we're um, very critical about it, um, but ultimately, we're just trying to give a viewpoint and and kind of talk about some of the issues we see in certain events like this and in our own um, uh, community. And uh, obviously, you know, we think that we can give some suggestions, and we may be right, we may be wrong, but ultimately. We just want to get a conversation going and see what people think and see if they agree with us. Um, uh, Terrence, you have a lot of uh, experience, especially on the analytical side of looking at stuff, and I think it's very helpful for people to just take a step back and think about. Um, And I have a lot of experience um, kind of in my own friend groups and going out into the community and talking to a lot of the scholars and other elders. And I kind of see it from a different angle. So I love how we complement each other. Uh, hopefully, inshallah, in the future, we'll maybe even be able to talk to some of the people uh, we know um, and get their opinions and see what they feel. Because I know we, we talk a lot for people, but it would be nice to actually uh, you know, get them on the show. So thank you for your time again, especially during the month of Ramadan um, may, may your worship and your, uh, fasting be accepted. And I hope that we all raise our own spiritual level.
1: I'll try to actually wake up on time, man. <laughs> I'm waking up like four minutes before, before Padre prayer. And I'm like, I can't eat. It's over. Eat.
0: <laughs> well, inshallah, inshallah, we'll get to do it. then. Yeah. But uh, Thank you. Thank you everybody for uh, watching and listening in. And we always look forward to um, being in contact with you all again. Thank you very much, Terrence.
1: All right, as always. Thank you.
0: Assalamu alaikum.
1: Absolutely.